Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Money Wise with Ray Lance of USA Wealth Group, your financial and retirement guide. The mission of USA Wealth is to help you protect your family and protect your money. Ray, good Sunday morning. Good Sunday morning, Phil, and good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us once again. We're going to talk today about a number of things, but primarily we're going to talk about Veterans Day and veterans' benefits. So if you are a veteran or if you have been married to a veteran or perhaps a widow of a veteran, you really need to stay tuned today because we're going to be giving some very interesting information about benefits you might be entitled to that perhaps you didn't know. And Veterans Day is coming up this week, and as we know, it's a very important day that we celebrate every single year. Um, We should celebrate every single year. Everything that we have in this country, everything we are in this country, we owe to veterans and the military services uh, that they've provided to us. So we're going to be talking to two gentlemen who are with us this morning, besides uh, my friend Phil, of course. We're going to be talking with uh, Roy Oliveira, who's the Veterans Service Officer for the town of Dartmouth. Good morning, Roy. Good morning, Ray. Good Th- morning, everyone. Thank you for being with us. Now, I know, um, Roy, that you are a veteran of the United States Air Force. Is that correct? correct? That is correct. I have some really interesting things I'm going to tell you about the Air Force that even you might not know later. Okay. But uh, thank you for your service. We also have with us um, Rick Seguin. Rick is the current commander. Is that the right title? Uh, commandant. Commandant of the local New Bedford area Marine Corps League. And Rick, you were a veteran of the Marine Corps. I know you served uh, 1966 to 1970. Yes, that's correct. Good morning. And uh, what did you do when you got out of the Marine Corps? I uh, became a state police officer. I served uh, with the Mass State Police for 32 years. So he's not only retired from the uh, state police in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, but he also served in the Marine Corps. You know, gentlemen, first of all, thank you both for being here with us this morning. One of my very strongly held personal beliefs is that everybody should give some time to their country. doesn't necessarily have to be in the military service. And I talk about this once in a while on the radio, but I, I personally think that everyone who graduates from high school ought to spend at least one year either in military service or community service, do something to give back to our great country. And what are your thoughts about that? Well, I agree with that wholeheartedly. There are other countries that uh, require a minimum of uh, service to the country in a num- number of different uh, spheres, uh, whether it be, uh, as you said, uh, community uh, service or military service. Uh, there are many ways that uh, that they could help, and I think it's incumbent upon every American to uh, put some time in. I know Norway does, and Switzerland does. The country of Israel requires military service. There are many, many countries that do require this, and I think that it makes better citizens, frankly. Yeah, and I, yeah, I agree as well. Um, I, I I believe uh, wholeheartedly that uh, uh, a young man or woman. Uh, graduating high school and, uh, you know, and doesn't have the opportunity to maybe go on to college, should serve a year or two in the military and serve our country. Mm-hmm. It's the most rewarding 23 years I've had in my, in my life was serving uh, in the Air Force and serving our country. Well, that's really good to hear, Roy. You know, I just came back from Florida. I was at a, a trip down there, partly business and partly vacation, and I had some really interesting experiences while I was down there. First of all, I stay on the grounds of the Marriott World Center, which is in Orlando, in one of the timeshare condominiums. And while I was down there, there was an Air Force convention taking place in the Marriott World Center. 
and it was the um, a tanker association. I guess they're the people who fly, you know, boxcars and tanker cars and so forth. But it was really interesting because I've been to that World Center many times, and I've seen lots of people there, different conferences. Um, but this was a pretty squared away bunch. Mostly they were in uniform. They weren't noisy. They weren't rowdy. They all had proper haircuts. So it was kind of a different change to see that convention taking place. Right. Nice sea of blue, blue uniforms. Yep. But I did something really uh, interesting while I was down there. Uh, I've been going down to Florida for about 35 years, and I've always, always wanted to see a rocket launch. And I finally got to see a rocket launch uh, down by Cape Kennedy. I couldn't get as close as I would like to, but I was at the Cape Kennedy uh, Space Center, which is probably about two miles away, I would guess, and I witnessed the rocket launch. It was really exciting. And, of course, with the distance that sound travels, you could see the rocket take off up in the air with the flames shooting down below it. And then it was about a two or three second delay. And then you felt the vibration and you heard the sound. And there were probably 500 people in the group that I was around. And everybody started clapping and cheering. It was really quite exciting. Quite a sight. But one of the exciting things that they were doing is that they were, first of all, it was a resupply. It was an unmanned Saturn V rocket. So there were no astronauts on board. It was a resupply mission to resupply the International Space Station. But they did something else really interesting. Uh, the Air Force had a satellite on board, and it's their 11th GPS satellite that they launched. And I think what a lot of people don't realize is that the Air Force really created the GPS system that we use today that keeps track of not just little navigation devices that we use in our cars, um, but all kinds of positioning for business and so forth. And I saw something recently on the news, Roy, that I think there's a team of only about eight people in the Air Force that run this whole GPS system. And I, I gained a new measure of respect for the Air Force. You know, uh, sometimes people make jokes about the Air Force, which they should never do. Mm -hmm. But when you think about it, the Air Force controls the SAC bombers, the nuclear missiles, the rockets, the inter intercontinental ballistic missiles that we have. Um, and much to do with the electronics in this country and in the world, for that matter. Right. Yep. But that's to take nothing away from uh, those of us who served in the Marines, is it, Rick? No, surely not. Any of the branches are, are well worthy of any recognition they get. And I always say the same thing. Um, I've had sometimes people come in and say, gee, I wished I had served in the Marines. I had a chance to go in the Marines, and I chose to go into another branch instead. And I always say the same thing. If you served in any branch of the military service, you're to be proud, you're to be commended for that. So we're celebrating Veterans Day, and uh, we're here with Rick Seguin, who's a Marine, and there's no such thing as a former Marine now, right? Uh, no such thing as an ex-Marine. Well, actually, there's a quotation. One of our commandants, I, if I have that quotation, I'll try to find it okay. for you, said, I'm declaring today there is no such thing as a former Marine. He said, you're a Marine once, you're a Marine now, you're just wearing a different uniform. So as officially today, I'm saying this is about 20 years ago, there's no such thing as an ex-Marine, there's no such thing as a former Marine. You're still a Marine. Well, it's new to me. I hadn't heard that one before, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll concur with that. I'll find that for you. An interesting uh, fact that I recently heard was uh, referring to the members uh, of all branches of service serving our country. Uh, only about 1% of the United States population actually serves in the military. 
I didn't know yeah, that. That's very small. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it is, absolutely. Well, that's all the more reason to be proud if you have served in the military or if you have a family member who has served in the military. And it's all the more reason to support uh, Veterans Day. So I'd like to give you a little bit of information about uh, Veterans Day also, and then we're going to talk about some veteran services that are available. Um, and some of these aren't strictly uh, veterans, but some quotes that I really like. Um, you know, Phil, one person I've really come to admire over the years, Who's even that? more so than when he was president, is Ronald Reagan. Oh, yes. Because he was really an amazing guy, and he had some really interesting things to say. So here's one of my favorite quotations from Ronald Reagan. He said, I used to say that politics was the second oldest profession. <laughs> I have come to know that it bears a gross similarity to the first. <laughs> Love it. Isn't that a wonderful quote from, from uh, Ronald Reagan? Um, How true. And he also said this, which is, now this is not a political statement. I don't care whether you're... Um, anti-abortion or pro-women's rights or whatever your politics are in that topic. This is not a political statement. But he said in the New York Times in 1980, I've noticed that everybody that is for abortion has already been born. <laughs> I thought, that's really I'll an amazing comment. <laughs> uh, he also said, um, even Albert Einstein reportedly needed help on his 1040 form. That's <laughs> true, but... So I've got some great collections of Ronald Reagan quotations that we'll use over the years. But, Rick, we've got some interesting things coming up. Uh, now, this coming week, we're celebrating uh, Veterans Day on November 11th. And I'm going to talk about the history of that briefly. And, Roy, I know you've got uh, activities going on, and you're helping to support some of the local activities on November 11th. But we have a very important day the day before, don't we? Rick. We certainly do. It's November 10th. It's uh, Marine Corps birthday, the 240th uh, birthday, and uh, across the world, Marines across the world, wherever they are, uh, will be celebrating the 240th uh, birthday anniversary. And um, with that, I have to give you a couple of quotations on Marines, of course, because I have a few of those. And by the way, for those of you who haven't heard before, I also spent some time in the Marines. I served for six years in the Marine Corps Reserves from 1963 to 1969. So, Rick, you might have been my drill instructor, actually, with the time that you served. Uh, more than likely not. <laughs> more than likely not. I was never in the uh, capacity of a drill instructor. Well, I have to give you a couple of quotations. This, coincidentally, happens to be from Ronald Reagan as well in 1985. He said, Some people spend an entire lifetime wondering if they made a difference in the world but the Marines don't have that problem. That was a good quotation, wasn't it? Yes, that is, that's on the walls in the Marine Corps Museum as well. It is. I've been there three times, by the way. That's down in Quantico, Virginia. Yes. It's an outstanding place, whether you served in the Marines or the military or not. It's just a wonderful place to be. And free to tour. Free, absolutely, yep. Um, and as many of you may know from having listened um, my son, Peter, who's with the Lance Family Agency, also served in the Marine Corps Reserves uh, for six years. He was almost activated, um, but uh, he just missed out on it, as was I. I got out in uh, 1969, and about a year later, my unit was activated to Vietnam. Um, but um, my grandfather was also a Marine in World War I, and he fought in France in the trenches 
against the Germans, and then my dad did 20 years in the Marine Corps. I want to come back and give a little bit of history of what some of the things my dad did in the Marines in World War II and also later in Korea. Veterans Day, as many of us know, actually began um, right at the end of World War I. Um, the actual uh, Treaty of Versailles, which ended the war, was signed in uh, June 28, 1919, but hostilities actually ceased about six months before then. And that's the day that we celebrate as Veterans Day. And it was called an armistice. An armistice means basically a ceasefire. And the ceasefire went into effect on uh, the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month, November 11, 1918, at 11 a.m. is the time when all hostilities ceased and what was considered the war to end all wars, the Great War, which, of course, it did not become. And then in 1919, uh, President Wilson proclaimed November 11th as the first commemoration of Armistice Day. And the original concept behind Veterans Day uh, was to have a day of celebration with parades and public meetings and a brief suspension of business beginning at 11 a.m. on that day. Um, Unfortunately, we don't always do that anymore because every holiday is still a commercial holiday uh, lately. But it wasn't until um, 1938 that it was made a legal holiday. And then in 1954, uh, President Dwight D. Eisenhower issued the first Veterans Day proclamation. So it's a holiday of fairly recent uh, generation. Um, But we do observe it on November 11th. There was a period of time when it became a three-day holiday. And then now it's gone back to being... Whatever day it falls on November 11th, that's the day to observe Veterans Day, whether it's in the middle of the week or whether it's the end of a week or on a weekend. So we do celebrate Veterans Day. It is an important day to um, everybody, no matter what what you're doing, should take some time to remember why we celebrate uh, Veterans Day. And, you know, one of the things, um, I have a couple of quotations about Veterans Day, um, Roy and um, Rick, that I'd like to read too. In war, there are no unwounded soldiers. And we're seeing that a lot today, especially when we have a lot of people with traumatic stress and post-traumatic stress syndrome and so forth. Mm -hmm. Anybody who participates in a war has been impacted. I often thought about my my own dad and the fact that he never talked about it. I asked him a couple of times, you know, what did you do in World War II? Where did you serve? And his response was, you know, I don't even remember. He said, "We, we were on a landing craft and we would do an amphibious assault on a beach and we'd fight for a month or two. Then we'd have a little rest. They'd put us back on the boats again and we'd sail someplace else and we'd assault another beach. And we didn't really know where we were most of the time. Yeah. And, and we, we I see that every day from some of our older uh, veterans, World mm-hmm. War II veterans, Korean War veterans. They just don't like to talk about uh, what they did. Uh, so it takes a lot to get it out of them. Um, and, uh, uh, but, you know, they were, they were a very important uh, part of our uh, history. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe on Veterans Day, yes, it is celebrated once a year, but to me, every day is Veterans Day. And I think that we should all, anytime we see a veteran, I make it a point, especially when I see an older World War II veteran, I make it a point to thank him or her, for, you know, for their service. And I think that we, uh, we as a society owe that to our veterans. Yep, that's a great way to look at it, Roy. Uh, this is Roy Oliveira, who's the veterans agent in the town of Dartmouth. And I think that's very well spoken. 
A few years ago, um, Phil, you might remember we had my uncle on. I do, of course. And my uncle is still with us. He served in the Army in World War II. He How was, old is he now? He's, uh, I think he's 92 right now. Um, still going strong. Uh, he served in the Battle of the Bulge, uh, which was a real important, decisive campaign that had the Germans broken through this bulge line, the, ten- the whole tenor of the war could have changed dramatically. There are a number of key points like that in World War II, but he served in that, and uh, he also received the Bronze Star. And a few years ago, we had him on the radio and talked a little bit about it. He was, he was actually very proud to talk about it a little bit. Great show. But he really never talked much about it, you know, before or since. Um, and we had a chance to visit Belgium about eight years ago with him. And um, it was sort of a last-minute thought to include him on that trip. We were going over to a wedding. And he came with us. And it was absolutely the highlight of our trip to Belgium to go visit the places where he had served in the Battle of the Bulge. So, yes, we, we, we have to give thanks every single day. There are fewer and fewer World War II veterans around. Now, Rick, uh, Rick Siegwin, who's the commandant of the New Bedford Marine Corps League, um, we have an event coming up, or actually will have gone by by the time we broadcast this show, won't it? Yes, it's tonight. Um, and um, every year the Marine Corps League gets together and commemorates the Marine Corps birthday, which happens to fall on November 10th, the day before Veterans Day. And I think one of the most respectful things we do at that time is, is it around 7 o'clock that we call everybody to attention? Or, or is it 6? It's about 6. Okay, about 6 o'clock. It begins at 5.30, and I think every, everyone gets called to attention about 6. And the funny thing is you can see Marines of every age and every nationality and, and every different uh, degree of physical condition. Some are in good shape, some are in not so good shape. But the minute they're called to attention, everybody snaps right to attention and remembers you know, how to do that, don't we? Yeah, certainly do. Uh, and it's, a, it's an important event, which, uh, as I said earlier, is celebrated throughout the world. Uh, we do it locally the uh, Thursday before the actual Marine Corps birthday uh, in order to allow uh, local Marines and FMF corpsmen and chaplains to attend our informal session uh, but it also opens up the November 10th, the official birthday, so they can attend the, the official, more formal occasions. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, that's an event that's not open to the public when it happens. It's only open to people who have actually served in the Marine Corps or FMF corpsmen um, uh, and chaplains. I, I think it might be uh, interesting to bring up uh, what FMF corpsmen uh, are and the chaplains, because i of recent times, I found a number of people have no idea what that is. Go ahead and explain. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, FMF corpsmen, uh, the Marine Corps does not have their own medics, uh, the, the medical personnel that go into combat with them. Uh, they, they, they use Navy personnel, Navy corpsmen, and those Navy personnel are highly regarded by uh, combat Marines. They go into combat with the Marines and provide them their uh, emergency medical care. And many, many, many times they've saved numerous Marines' lives. Uh, As well as the FMF uh, chaplain, um, the Navy provides them. FMF stands for Fleet Marine Forces, and uh, these uh, Navy personnel are assigned to the Marine units within the Fleet Marine Force. And uh, as I said, they're highly regarded by 
uh, these combat Marines, as, as well as all Marines. And as another small sign of respect, uh, no FMF corpsman is allowed to buy his own drink at these events. Uh, somebody will always buy their drinks for them because they're the people that have kept the Marines alive. Mm-hmm. So, well, um, as far as the uh, events coming up, though, we are having some parades coming up in the community uh, very shortly. Um, and I know both New Bedford and Fairhaven will have parades on Veterans Day itself, November 11th. And I think the New Bedford Parade is first. Is that correct? No, actually, the, the Fairhaven Parade kicks off um, in North Fairhaven. Uh, I believe it's 9 a.m. Uh, and it will go down south on Main Street to the Fairhaven High School at Route 6, uh, completing somewhere around uh, 10 a.m., where they'll have uh, a number of uh, events at that location. Okay, so Fairhaven will be first. Yes. And that goes from the Oxford School south on Main Street to Fairhaven High School. Correct. And then at 11 o'clock, the parade kicks off at Buttonwood Park in New Bedford, the corner of Rockdale and Union. So if you have the opportunity, ladies and gentlemen, take some time to go see the parade and remember to take off your hats and put your hand over your heart when the larger American flags go by and salute the veterans who will be marching that day and they're proud of their service and you should be proud to be there to support them as well. I would like to take the opportunity to invite all veterans to participate in the parades. Uh, All veterans, no matter what branch of service, are welcome to march with the Marine Corps units. Um, Wear a hat. You should be proud of your service uh, and give the opportunity for your family and friends to be proud of you and your service by marching in the parade. Let them see you uh, among all the, your peers, your, your veteran peers. I think it's very important that uh, you show that uh, you are proud of your particular service. And, you know, Rick, you mentioned something important earlier, that um, it's less than 1% of all Americans have served. So salute the 1%. Roy, you wanted to say something. Yeah, I wanted to add to that, too. Um, you know, some uh, older uh, veterans that uh, aren't able to, to march uh, Chris Gomes, the veterans agent in New Bedford, who now is in charge of the uh, uh, parade, um, has uh, entered into the parade uh, antique cars. So there will always be some availability for our older veterans for transportation if they can't march or walk in the parade. Good. Well, that's really good to know. So show up, wear something to do with your military service, and you'll be invited to participate in the parade, and either in Fairhaven or New Bedford or both. And this will be the last opportunity. The Marine Corps League in New Bedford has worked in conjunction with the uh, Fairhaven Lions Club uh, with a, to put together a Iwo Jima float, a living float. And this is, this, uh, is going to be the last opportunity for folks to see uh, the float in the Fairhaven and hopefully as well in the New Bedford Parade. Uh, this float was uh, designed and built uh, in conjunction with those two groups uh, as well as the uh, people at the New Bedford Vocational High School. I didn't know that, but that that would be interesting to see as well. And hopefully we have some good weather for the parades too. That's what we're hoping for. Well, I have to give you, I'm I'm sorry, Roy, but I have to give another quotation here for uh, Rick Sigwin, former Marine, or actually Marine. All right, you got me. (laughs) Rick is a Marine. Uh, this This is a nice tribute from the Prime Minister of Britain, Sir Winston Churchill. And he talked about the Marines, and he said, I am convinced 
that there is no smarter, handier, or more adaptable body of troops in the world. That was his compliment about the Marine Corps. I don't know about the smarter. That could probably be argued. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but riflemen, right? Every Marine is first a rifleman. That's correct. From no the commandant what... on down, every Marine has to qualify with a rifle every single year. So, well, we're thrilled to have with us this morning uh, Roy Oliveira, who's the veteran service officer from the town of Dartmouth, and Rick Siguint, Siguin, excuse me, who's the commandant of the Marine Corps League in New Bedford. And we're going to talk a little bit more about specific benefits that every veteran is entitled to, or their widows, perhaps. So stay tuned with us, and we'll be right back and talk about some benefits that you might be entitled to. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of MoneyWise, brought to you by USA Wealth Group. We are located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. Please give us a call at 508-998-8858 or look at our website, usawealthgroup.com, anytime. And we're happy to give you information. We have a lot of free reports we can provide on retirement income, on Social Security planning, on Medicare benefits, uh, things that might benefit you. You know, very recently in the news, there's been information about some of the very important Social Security claiming strategies called file and suspend um, are going to be revoked by Congress, uh, have been revoked by Congress in the recent budget bill. If you paid attention to the news at all recently, Congress just recently passed an extension of the budget bill to make sure that our country didn't run out of money. But in the dead of night, without any publicity, so that the senior organizations couldn't be aware of it, they effectively knocked out some very important Social Security claiming strategies. And if you are thinking of filing for Social Security soon or you have questions about it, you really ought to get some information uh, from me or from my office as soon as possible. The second thing that's happened, it's sort of been a double blow uh, two-week period for the seniors who are listening. The cost of Medicare is going to go up, and for some people it's going to go up as much as 50%. A very significant amount. So in two weeks, our Congress, uh, and including being signed by the president, have managed to put things into bills and legislation without any publicity, and they're going to significantly impact uh, the cost of supporting yourself and the cost of surviving uh, for seniors. You need to get some information about that. We're going to be doing um, some further discussion about Social Security uh, in the next couple of weeks because this topic is just too, too important. And, and you don't have a lot of time uh, to plan. Now, where can our listeners call if they want more information on this? If you want more information, definitely get in touch with us at our office at 508-998-8858. Uh, this is going to impact a lot of people, and there's going to be some retroactivity to some of it. Some people will be grandfathered, others will not. There are deadlines coming up on the first of the year on uh, some of these claiming strategies. Uh, we're going to be putting up a lot more information on our website as, as well. So visit our website at usawealthgroup.com, and uh, we'll have more information for you. But this morning we're talking about um, veterans' benefits and veterans' services. And welcome back, uh, Roy, Roy Oliveira, who's the uh, Veterans Service Officer for the Town of Dartmouth. Thank you for being with us. It's a pleasure being here. Today. And thank you for your service in the Air Force. 
You're welcome, and you as well. And we also have with us uh, Rick Seguin, who's the commandant of the local New Bedford Marine Corps League. It's actually called the Greater New Bedford Marine Corps League. And it's only been formed since 2012, or actually it was reformed. And uh, Rick, I'm, I'm proud of what you did as a Marine Thank uh, you. to participate in this. I'm also proud of the fact that uh, my son Peter Lance was very instrumental in helping to do a lot of the paperwork that reactivated the Marine Corps League. So Pete, if you're listening this morning, thank you for your service. And ladies and gentlemen, and I say ladies and gentlemen, if any of you have served in the military service, then a big uh, thank you to all of you who have served and be proud of your service. And we're appreciative of what you have done. So let's talk, if we can, a little bit about some of the benefits that are available. You know, Roy, I think one of the things that I've learned in the past is that a lot of widows don't realize that if their husband had been in the military service and had been a veteran, um, perhaps has passed away, that a widow is often entitled to benefits and may not realize that. Uh, that, that is correct, Ray. Um, and, and benefits in this uh, state uh, come from two different uh, uh, venues, if you will. We have uh, a state program called the Massachusetts General Law Chapter 115, which is a financial assistance for indigent veterans, which also applies to the widow of the veteran, should the veteran have passed. Uh, and then, of course, you have federal benefits from the uh, Veterans Administration, uh, and that's called the widow's pension. Of course, uh, the widow's pension is based on uh, their financial status and their income, so they have to um, you know, uh, apply through the VA, and then, again, based on their uh, financial status, they may be eligible for the widow's pension. I don't like to use the word widow's pension. I, I prefer to use the survivor's spouse uh, pension okay. um, because it, it's just, uh, to me, it just sounds a little bit uh, better for, for that uh, widow. Uh, but those um, benefits um, are available to all veterans and widows, and uh, they should contact their veteran service officer in each town uh, or city. Uh, because, especially with the state program, uh, the, um, it, it is a law in the state of Massachusetts that every city and town have a veteran service officer, mm -hmm. okay? Um, and the, uh, uh, whether that veteran service officer is a full-time agent or a part-time agent is determined by the population in that city and town. So anything under 12,000 uh, 12, population uh, is a part-time veteran serving that community, and, of course, anything over that is a full-time veteran. And there's a wide array of benefits that folks uh, are entitled to that they don't know about, in particular our, our elder uh, folks out there. Do you still find even today, Roy, that um, people sometimes come in and they don't have any idea what they're entitled to? Absolutely. I see it every day. So, you know, ladies and gentlemen, if you served in the military and you were a veteran, uh, and a reservist, by the way, is not a veteran, um, you have to have served, uh, I think, six months and a day of active duty to be considered a veteran. Um, but even if you didn't serve overseas in conflict, if you served during a particular time when there was a national conflict or war going on, then you are entitled to different kinds of benefits also. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, the uh, eligibility uh, numbers are uh, 90 days, one day of which must be during a wartime period, mm -hmm. or 180 days if, if it's not during a wartime period. Uh, but for veterans on the federal side, for benefits after 1980, during that peacetime period until 91, 
uh, you have to have served a minimum of four years to be eligible for veterans benefits on the federal side. Okay. You know, one of the things that I found in speaking to uh, both veterans and um, veterans' families, uh, I find a reluctance of people to seek uh, benefits that they're eligible for. They feel as though it should be going to others that may have done more or done. Or might have been injured or, or something. Or might have been injured. And um, I, I urge them to, in fact, contact their, their VSOs to uh, get any of the benefits that they're eligible for. Uh, somebody in their family has earned those benefits. Yeah, and I think the appropriate word is earned. Having served in the military service, having been a veteran, having served during wartime period or conflict uh, period uh, entitles you to certain benefits that you have earned. You have been available, even if you didn't serve overseas in a conflict, by virtue of having been in the service, you had made yourself available to, to be there. Absolutely. And you've earned those benefits. Uh, just yesterday, I had an 88-year-old uh, uh, veteran walk into my office, um, never used the VA for any, any uh, benefits, and uh, uh, someone told him that he should come by and see me. And, and I said, well, wh why haven't you come to see me or the previous veterans agent before? Oh, well, I didn't want to take away from somebody else who's more deserving. Mm -hmm. You know, and I told them, I said, you know, and, and this is what I tell every elder veteran that walks into my office that says that. I tell them, yes, they may be more deserving, but you're equally as deserving because you served your country and you're entitled to those benefits. Mm -hmm. And all he was looking for was hearing aids, okay, through the VA. Uh, but then as, as I spoke with him a little bit more, I found out that he was a, a jet engine mechanic working out on a flight line in the Air Force, ah. exposed to loud noises every single day. Disability. So, yeah. So now you can put in a claim for compensation for his hearing loss through the VA. And when I explained that to him, he is still somewhat reluctant. So, sure. Again, so, benefits earned. Yes, again. Absolutely. He was, he was not wounded, but he was injured by servicing these jet exactly. engines. Exactly. You don't have to have a physical or, or a visible wound to, to, to be able to attain benefits from the VA. The other thing I find in, in my own practice when I see people and talk about retirement planning, I always inquire about whether they get veterans benefits if they served in the military at all. Um, but I, I find people occasionally who might have a 10% disability, but yet some manifestation of their disability becomes worse as they get older, such as a hearing loss. Exactly. And yeah. they might be entitled to increase the percentage of uh, disability and therefore have further benefits. Absolutely. Um, you know, and hearing loss is a big thing today that I see in my office a, a lot. Um, and then along with that, too, you get the tinnitus, you know, the ringing in the ears. Yes. A lot of folks don't understand that. That's a separate, that's another 10% disability rating from the VA, right. automatic if they can prove during a test that you do have the tinnitus. I have some of that myself, and I always thought it was from the drill instructors yelling at me. It could very well have been. I was in boot camp. Sure. And um, um, the other uh, uh, thing that I wanted uh, to, to mention is that, okay, so let's say, for instance, you were in the military, and during drills uh, you hurt your right knee, okay, and you went to the infirmary and you got treatment for that in the military, and then over the years, you know, we have a tendency, if we have an injury like that, to stop favoring it. So right. now our left, our right side has, has become effective or affected by that. So now you have what the VA calls a secondary condition, and you can apply for benefits for that secondary condition, or if your condition got worse over the years. And I guess also if you had um, as much as 100% disability, it entitles you to a different level of federal pension 
But it also entitles a surviving spouse to receive that pension, I believe. Is that correct? Well, yeah. Uh, under two conditions will the surviving spouse receive the DIC, the dependent, Dependency Indemnity Compensation. Mm -hmm. And that is if the, uh, uh, if the veteran dies of that service-connected condition, then the, 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 the widow gets the DIC. Or if they've been married over, over a, a period of 10 years and at 100% disability rating, then the widow also gets the DIC for that condition as well. Okay. I have a couple on the Cape. Um, they happen to have, you know, reasonable assets for retirement. Um, and this gentleman plays tennis every day. He's over 80. Um, he didn't even realize that he was entitled to get a check for retirement associated with a disability he had connected to the service. And he gets a, a further check now. They actually gave him... Um, some retroactive benefit as well. It was a lump sum check that he received. Correct. So the um, important word is earned. If you served in the military service and you um, served in any capacity, any branch, you have earned the right to certain specific uh, veterans' benefits. What are some of the kinds of benefits that people can be entitled to? Like I know I've heard of something called aid in attendance, for example. Oh. Okay, the aid in attendance is uh, in addition to um, the, uh, the the pension. Okay, and that is um, if you if a let's say for instance a widow. Okay, if she qualifies for the pension, and she now needs the aid and the attendance of another person or or a, 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 a company that comes out and helps her with mm -hmm. any of the daily living skills, i.e. Um, bathing, washing, uh, uh, medication management, any one of those. There's a form, of course. And of course, with the VA, we they use forms for everything. So there's a form that has to be uh, signed, and uh, a lot of questions answered by uh, that person's physician. And if uh, the VA determines that they meet that qualification and they meet that need, then they could get additional uh, uh, financial assistance called the aid in attendance. And it's money that they can use for whatever they need. You know, to get someone in to help them with whatever their needs are. It's not, the VA will not provide, you know, home health aids unless you're, you know, you're having a disability of some sort. So for, you know, what we're talking about is for a widow that is uh, not, or, you know, husband that may not have been service connected. So this is just the surviving spouse who may be eligible mm -hmm. for the pension. And then in addition to that, the aid and attendance. Thank you, Roy. Ladies and gentlemen, we're listening to Roy Oliveira at the moment, who's the veteran service officer in the town of Dartmouth. But I'd like to remind everyone that it doesn't matter what city or town you live in, every city or town in Massachusetts is required to have its own uh, veterans officer. And so don't necessarily, if you live in New Bedford, go to see Roy, uh, contact a New Bedford uh, veteran service officer. Um, but get some advice and get some help because it's there to help you if you have served in the military, if you are a veteran. Uh, I'd like to mention and give you a quick plug uh, to attorney Tenny Lance from Lance Law, Inc., also at 352 Fonts Corner Road. She is a certified veteran specialist. And what it means is she has to stay up to date on the veterans programs and veterans benefits. But the interesting thing is she's not allowed to charge any, any legal time for that. So it's basically free advice that she can provide as well. So if anybody has um, interest in contacting her for information about veterans' benefits, she'd be happy to talk with you as well, and you can reach her at 508-998-8800. And she's on the show from time to time as well. Mm -hmm. uh, she was busy today, but otherwise she would have come on 
but she talks more than I do. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> I talk more than she does. Sure. <laughs> um, Rick, what are some of the exciting things that the Marine Corps League is doing? I know that you participate in funeral services now, don't you, for Marines who have passed away? Yes. Um, we've been, well, two real busy months for us are May with Memorial Day weekend, major weekend for veterans, um, and Veterans Day, uh, which is also very busy. This, uh, this upcoming Veterans Day uh, time period, um, we're visiting uh, – nursing homes and assisted living facilities, uh, the veteran residents there. Uh, some different facilities have uh, Veterans Day celebrations for their residents, and we, uh, we attend some of those. Uh, any Marine or FMF corpsman or chaplain in our area, and we cover from Dartmouth to Wareham, Freetown, Lakeville, Rochester, or Cushman. Uh, if they pass, uh, we uh, are willing to, more than willing to, uh, attend the wake and perform a, a, a ritual service uh, that, that we do. Uh, we're also doing a fundraiser uh, at the new Super Walmart uh, this coming weekend, Saturday and Sunday, from 9 to, four, nine to 3 each day uh, to raise uh, funds that uh, are then uh, sent to charities, both local community charities, general veterans charities, and uh, Marine Corps uh, and Marine and Family uh, Charities. Uh, such as some of the things such as Wounded Warrior Project, Homes for Our Troops, uh, local food banks, um, and uh, general uh, veterans uh, charity funds. Uh, we're also going to be participating in both parades uh, on the, uh, the 11th, uh, and uh, it keeps us busy. Oh, it sure does. Rick, what uh, Walmart is it in what town? That's the Super Walmart in Wareham. The in New Wareham. Okay. Oh, a beautiful one. Yeah, okay. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you see veterans outside of Walmart, and uh, I always make a contribution when I see veterans agents out there, they're legitimate people. All the money is going to help veterans, period. Uh, sometimes they'll give you a poppy. I have a poppy in the front seat of my car right now and that I will wear on Veterans Day. Uh, it's primarily a Memorial Day function, but they're right. selling we usually, poppies. We usually give out a uh, small uh, American flag. Good. Made in the United States. Very important. Thank you for saying that. That's very important. Um, my dad, as I mentioned, uh, spent 20 years in the Marine Corps, and he saw active duty both in World War II and in Korea. He was wounded in Korea. And I have his medals proudly displayed in my office on my wall, along with a picture of my grandfather, my father, me, and my son in our Marine Corps uniforms. Boy, I was really young I've seen then. the family's dog tags that go way back. <laughs> Yes, you have. <laughs> Ray, uh, it's a good point that you just made about uh, dog tags and, 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 and things like that. But uh, another service that your veteran service officer provides for all veterans is the ability to get them uh, their DD-214, their discharge papers. A lot of times good. they lose those or they misplace yes. them somewhere. They can't find them. We can uh, do a request online through the National Personnel Records Center uh, and within two weeks after that, uh, you will get your, you know, discharge papers. That's a very important function. And you might need that for a job application or a government job or all kinds of things you could Absolutely. use that for. It demonstrates that you are honorably discharged from the military. Right. Isn't there also a uh, way of getting their uh, military records? Uh, true. The service uh, records? Yes. You, you can get your uh, service records uh, through the National Personnel Records Center if you're filing a claim with the VA, the VA will automatically get your, your, your records, your military records from the Personnel Records Center. 
the other thing that you can get from there too is um, uh, metals. A lot of times they mm-hmm. lose their metals, and certainly you can repl- you can get a replacement, a one-time replacement of your metals. Um, you can, if you had uh, other than honorable discharge, you you can you can do paperwork, and that's again what the veteran service officer will do for you, help you with the paperwork to get an upgrade in your discharge. So we should be saying today, not only thank a vet, but thank a veteran's agent. Absolutely, it's really important work you do. I want to just give you a couple of quick highlights of my dad's service in the Pacific. Um, he served. Um, he was in an assault wave in the Marshall Islands on an island called Roy Namura. Uh, he also was in the assault wave on Guam and the Marianas Islands uh, as a Marine. And then later in Okinawa, he was in one of the assault waves in Okinawa, which means amphibious landings, basically. So those are the ones I know about. The records they kept back then weren't as efficient. They were you know, little typewritten uh, paragraphs, basically, as opposed to more detailed records. But... Um, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that he did what he did and Absolutely. he didn't get to see me until I was a couple of years old. Cause when my mother was first pregnant, he went overseas before I was born and didn't see me until I was about two. I didn't know who this guy was coming in my house. <laughs> you know, earlier you spoke about the, uh, World War II veterans, uh, coming back from war and not commenting too much about it. Never talked. And up until yeah. about, uh, up until recently, I found that, um, they did. They came back, went went back to work, uh, raised their families. Mm-hmm. Uh, but recently now, it, they know they're getting old and getting close to that time. They're starting to speak to their family members, and yes. a number of family members are uh, are getting this uh, information that they'd never heard before. Right. They're getting to know what their their father or mother did uh, in World War II. So reach out to your veterans service officer and. Find out how to get the military records because you're going to learn some more about your family member who served that you didn't know about. Exactly. Important stuff. You know, when the old military planes were here in New Bedford, uh, the director said that in Connecticut, a veteran was invited into the cockpit to fly with them and uh, was chatting back and forth with the pilot, bringing back all these memories. And when he turned around, the wife and the daughter were in tears and come to find out this gentleman had not spoken a word in 20 years because of his military disability. And this flight just brought back all these memories, and he started speaking fluently. Holy cow. That's really awesome. That's that's really amazing. Yeah, you never know. A lot of things are bottled up and locked up inside um, the heads of all these veterans. Roy, uh, Roy Oliveira from the Dartmouth uh, Veterans Office. Um, I, I know you can get tuition benefits if you've been a veteran also, right? You can. Uh, uh, true, of course. Um, you know, you have the, uh, what we all know as the Montgomery, uh, the GI Bill. Right. Uh, and over the years, the GI Bill has changed. Um, in my opinion, the best GI Bill uh, uh, today is the post-9-11 GI Bill. Uh, it, there's a lot more availability uh, uh, for that veteran. Um, in the past, you have to have used your GI Bill within 10 years after retirement. The post-9-11 GI Bill is 15 years. Um, with the post-9-11 GI Bill, depending on the, uh, um, uh, on, on, you know, your, your eligibility, you may be able to transfer uh, benefits to a, uh, a family member. So that's important, and that's never been the case I, I before. I didn't even know that myself. Yes. That's, that's very yeah. interesting. So a few, the veteran has 
you know, you've got your doctorate's degree and uh, you still have eligibility, you may be able to transfer that to a family member. Hmm. By the way, Canada and Great Britain also um, celebrate Veterans Day. They call it something different. In uh, Canada, they call it Remembrance Day, and Britain has Remembrance Sunday, which is the second Sunday of November. So um, in, in Europe, all throughout Europe, in Britain, and all the Britain Commonwealth countries, they actually observe two minutes of silence every November 11th at 11 a.m. They take the time to do that, so they do remember. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, it's complicated. Veterans benefits are complicated. Get some advice. Don't assume that you're not entitled to benefits. Assume that you might be and check it out. So uh, Roy Oliveira, the uh, Dartmouth Veteran Service Officer, thank you very much for being with us today and giving us some useful tips and information. Uh, you're welcome. And if I could just close with this uh, thought, um, the, this is how important the state feels about uh, a veteran service officer in each community. Uh, just last week, I went to our annual training and every veteran service officer now has to be state certified. We all took our exam, Excellent. so we all have to be licensed now and, and certified. So that becomes very important. Good. And Rick Sigwin, Commandant of the local Greater New Bedford Marine Corps League, thank you for being with us. Semper Fi. I thank you for the opportunity. And, and Semper Fi. Hurrah. Hurrah. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Join us again next Sunday morning.